0: I had sort of pushed myself to the limit, and the anxiety was just becoming too much, and it was starting to keep me from living my life fully. Welcome to the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. In this podcast, I will guide you on your journey to connect with the true source of your self-worth— each week, we'll discuss barriers to unconditional self worth, the connection between self worth and relationships, self worth practices you can apply to your life, and how to use self worth as a foundation for living courageously. I'm your host, Dr. Adia Gooden, a licensed clinical psychologist, dance enthusiast, and a dark chocolate lover who believes deeply that you are worthy unconditionally. Hello and welcome to episode five of Unconditionally Worthy, the podcast. So, today we are going to talk about anxiety. And when I used to talk to my colleagues who are also therapists, I would say that anxiety is my jam. And I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but I said it because I really enjoy working with clients who experience anxiety partly because I have experienced anxiety intimately. I really understand it from a personal level and because I have experienced the power of overcoming anxiety and how liberating it can be. And that is something that I want for my clients. And I'm really excited to share with all of you today Some of my experiences and struggles with anxiety to help you understand what anxiety is and also to share a really powerful practice um, that I think will help you overcome anxiety. So I struggled with anxiety for years, and for much of this time, I didn't really understand I was anxious, right? So I think I started being anxious when I was a kid, probably around age 12, and I didn't know I was anxious, but I was almost never relaxed. I think my energy was sort of anxious. I was always thinking about the future, about what I needed to do. I was always pushing myself to try to do things perfectly because I couldn't tolerate what might happen if I failed or made a mistake. And I was crushed if I did make a mistake or if I was left out or any of those things. So I was sort of always on edge. And, you know, a few years ago, I was talking to my best friend and we've been best friends since high school. And she told me that during our senior year of high school, I was so intense in applying for college that I made her anxious in the process. Right. So I was sort of pursuing things with such intensity. Everything mattered so much. Right. That was a manifestation of my anxiety. I was sort of the classic type A person, I was an overachieving student, I was always working, I was always pushing myself, and I did not give myself a break. It was a lot. And it wasn't until graduate school, that my anxiety started to show up even more intensely and started to get in the way of me doing the things that I really wanted to do in my life. And so I mentioned this in episode one of the podcast that I was pushing myself to finish my PhD program in five years. There really was no logical reason that I needed to finish my PhD program in five years. I went straight through from college to graduate school. I had not taken a break and I was in my early twenties. And so the need to finish my PhD program in five years was really just made up by me and increase the pressure and the stress I put on myself. And I really think at the core, it was another attempt to try to prove my worth that maybe I didn't feel worthy by just getting into a PhD program. So maybe if I finished in five years, then I'd feel worthy, right? Like, no, <laughs> it wasn't going to work, but I didn't realize it then. And that stress just sort of pushed me to the edge and really amped up my anxiety. And that was combined by being in my sort of early to mid-20s. I was in a new city. I felt somewhat lonely and isolated. I had you know, moved to Chicago and I had some friends, but I didn't have any of my really close friends in the city. So I was feeling lonely and somewhat isolated. I was struggling with dating, which was another area of my life that I had put Pressure on to feel worthy. I was feeling unattractive. Uh, It didn't help that I had gotten two front teeth pulled and I had braces. Uh, That was not cute. So that didn't help. You know, I remember going out with my friends and, you know, going to clubs and wanting to be chosen to dance and all of that good stuff and almost never was chosen. And that really left me feeling like, I was unattractive, like people didn't want to date me. And so all of these things combined, me not feeling like I was doing well enough academically, me not feeling like relationship and dating stuff was going well, me feeling somewhat isolated and lonely, all of that combined and caused me to feel really anxious. And I remember one morning I got up to drive into graduate school And I was, it was raining really hard. And so I parked in an outdoor lot and I needed to get, you know, from the front door to my car. And when it rains really hard in Chicago, worms come out of the ground. And I have never been a fan of worms. Like I remember gardening with my dad growing up and, you know, there'd be worms. And I was like, like, did not like it. Never liked worms but you know, in general, I didn't encounter them and that was just fine. But on this particular morning, I felt like, and I say, I felt like, because I think there were, I know there were worms on the ground, but they probably were not as many as I felt like there were, but I felt like there were worms covering the ground. And I just panicked inside. I, you know, really had the thought like. I just might not make it to school today. Like this just might not, I don't think I can make it to my car. There were worms on the ground. Like I can't tolerate it. And I was so anxious and panicked. And I remember sprinting to my car, not because of the rain, but because I just, the idea of touching one of the worms with my shoe was just too much. And it was at that point that I realized I had a problem <laughs> and I needed to go to therapy. So I had sort of pushed myself to the limit and the anxiety was just becoming too much. And it was starting to keep me from living my life fully. So thankfully, I was able to go to therapy. I started at the counseling center at my university and I you know, was able to have sessions for $5, which was amazing. And then I continued with my therapist for four years, and it was really a blessing. And during my therapy, we explored some of my experiences growing up and the fact that I really viewed my parents as perfect. And I had come to the conclusion that in order to be worthy, in order to be happy in my life, I needed to be perfect too. And that had caused me to push myself to the limit. I didn't think I was worthy just as I was. I didn't trust myself. I put my trust in achievements and productivity. And I thought those things would make me worthy. I put my trust in working hard and working nonstop and overextending myself. And I felt anxious and uncentered in the process because it was a lot of pressure. Everything mattered for my worth. So we're going to come back to that. And before we dig into that a little bit more, I want to talk a bit about how anxiety shows up in our lives so that you can recognize if anxiety is present in your life. So anxiety involves feeling worried, scared, or nervous about something negative that we anticipate happening in the future. Anxiety can show up in different forms. Sometimes it looks like racing, worrying thoughts. Anxiety can show up as physical symptoms like your heart racing, tension or pressure in your chest, difficulty breathing, upset stomach physical tension in your jaw, your neck, your shoulders, or headaches. And I think it's important to recognize that anxiety can show up in a number of ways and to be sort of aware of what you're feeling in your body. Because sometimes we sort of realize the physical symptoms before we know, oh, I've been worrying about this thing that I think might happen. Often we feel anxious when we are thinking about the worst possible outcome for a situation. And because our bodies and minds can't tell the difference between our predictions and reality, we feel like the negative future we are anticipating is happening right now. So for example, this could look like worrying that you will bomb an upcoming presentation at work or school And you might begin imagining yourself not knowing what to say, your mind going blank and struggling to articulate your ideas and responses in the presentation. And then you might imagine everyone laughing at your presentation. And then you might imagine losing your job because you messed up on the presentation. And eventually... Because you lose your job and you can't find another job, then you can't pay your rent and then you end up homeless, right? And so what starts as a little bit of nervousness about a presentation ends up as a prediction that you will experience extreme failure and challenges. And then your body responds as though those failures and challenges are happening to you right now. So just notice what you feel as I give this example, right? Starting with, oh, I'm nervous to, oh my gosh, I'm going to fail and I'm going to lose my job and I'm going to be homeless. And our minds can do that really quickly. And then we immediately start to feel the stress, the anxiety, the worry, the tension from believing that we are going to fail at life. And we experience that now. And the irony is That when we get caught up in our fears and worries, we are more likely to do poorly in the presentation because we're so worried about failure that we aren't present and we don't show up and share our gifts fully. We're distracted by the fear that we're going to fail. And the trick is that our minds try to convince us that we have to think about the worst possible outcome to prepare ourselves for the future and to attempt to protect ourselves from disappointment. But this really just causes us to suffer now, right? It really just causes us to experience the suffering we anticipate in the future right now. And it makes it more likely that we will bring negative energy into the situation and be distracted by our fears of failure and then do worse. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Take a breath. This is not intended for you to judge yourself. If you have been caught in that cycle before, no, Judgment. We've all been there. I have certainly been there. But just notice that it doesn't work. That worrying about the worst possible outcome doesn't work. It doesn't help. So I do want to note that there are some times when anxiety is valuable and important. Sometimes our anxiety in a situation. Tells us something important and we should listen to that. The goal isn't to never, ever feel fear or anxiety, right? Those things are useful. But what we want to be able to do is distinguish between anxiety that is useful and anxiety that holds us back from what we want in our lives. So that really touches on the biggest problem with anxiety that it holds us back from living life full out. When we are driven by anxiety, we start to live to prove ourselves and our worth to others, and maybe even to ourselves. We live to mitigate risks and avoid failures. And all of this, trying to prove our worth, trying to avoid risk and failure, keeps us playing small and holds us back from showing up as our full selves in the world. We end up living life to prove that we are worthy and we stay within the confines of feeling safe and we miss out on the full richness of life and we don't contribute our gifts to the world. So even when I was achieving highly academically, this was true for me. I was living to prove myself. And there's a difference between striving to reach our personal dreams and goals and striving to prove that you are worthy. And when we do the latter, when we try to prove our worth, when we live to prove our worth, it holds us back. As I've mentioned before, the core issue underlying my anxiety was fearing that I was unworthy. My anxiety was connected to the feeling that I had to be someone else, to be productive, to achieve highly, to be the perfect friend, to be chosen as a romantic partner in order to be worthy. And that if I missed the mark on any of these things, my unworthiness would be exposed. I felt I had to keep up with all of these things, to do all of these things perfectly in order to be worthy. And this was stressful and anxiety provoking. My anxiety finally subsided when I began to dismantle the conditions I had placed on my self-worth. And when I came to understand and believe that I am worthy just as I am. Connecting to my unconditional self-worth helped to lower the pressure on all of the things I was striving for. I no longer needed to do well academically or professionally to prove my worth. I no longer needed to be the perfect partner to prove that I was lovable. I talked a lot about that in episode two. I no longer needed to be perfect to be worthy. And when I let go of the pressure I was putting on myself to prove my worth through all of these things, my anxiety subsided. And the beauty is that when I was centered in my worthiness, this freed me up to pursue the career and life of my dreams. It has freed me up to build a lasting, loving relationship. It has freed me up to have more mutual, balanced friendships, right? The anxiety was keeping me from what I most desired. At the core, Connecting to our unconditional self-worth is about healing and transforming our relationships with ourselves, letting go of the belief that something is wrong with us, releasing self-criticism when we make a mistake or experience a failure, and instead connecting to our true selves being loving and compassionate and giving ourselves grace. The journey to unconditional self-worth is about developing a positive and loving relationship with yourself, learning to trust yourself and showing up for yourself. Today, I want to share a practice that helps to get you on your way in this journey. I'm going to share how you can begin to trust yourself and free yourself from the anxiety that holds you back and keeps you stuck. I believe anxiety is connected to not trusting ourselves, not believing that we have the internal strength and wisdom to keep ourselves safe and healthy and happy in this world. When we are anxious, We are often searching outside of ourselves for safety, security, and approval. And we sort of desperately need them to happen and are anxious that if we can't hold on to these things, we will be unsafe, we will be unworthy. When we begin to trust ourselves, we rely on our own internal wisdom and our anxiety subsides. So trust in ourselves can start very simply. And I love for you to start with some of these practices today. Trust in ourselves can look like knowing that even if we are experiencing something challenging, like a breakup or disappointment, we know we can be resilient in the face of these challenges. Trusting ourselves can look like listening to our gut or intuition and being confident that we are making the right decisions for ourselves. Trusting ourselves can look like listening to when we are hungry and tired and energized and feeling joy and paying attention to what our bodies and emotions are telling us. So I want you to begin to listen to yourself. I want you to begin to tune in to what might be underlying the anxiety, to the fear that may be present and driving your anxiety. As I've shared, that fear for me was believing I was unworthy and unlovable, and that spread out throughout my anxiety. And as I've learned to trust myself, I've been able to tune into what the fear is that is underlying my anxiety. And I want to share with you how to do that today. You might have a fear that you will be rejected, a fear that you will fail, or that you won't have the success you hoped for, a fear that you're not good enough, a fear that you're unlovable. And I think it can be helpful to understand that these fears are usually connected to challenging experiences we've had in the past. Often when we're scared and anxious, there's a younger part of ourselves that's starting to take over. I know for me, when I feel anxious, I remember and I connect to the 12-year-old Adia who was really worried that she was unlovable and really scared that she would be rejected. And so when I make a mistake, it's like she is back with me. It's visceral. My chest gets heavy and tight. I feel this younger part of me saying, oh my gosh, we're not okay. We're going to be rejected. It's not okay. Please, please don't do that. Right? I, I feel her getting scared. And I have learned to respond to her, not with judgment and rejection, but with love and comfort, just as I would respond if a little 12-year-old girl came up to me now saying she was scared and worried and upset. I put a hand over my chest and I say, it's okay, baby girl. It's okay. I'm here. I got us. I still love you, we're okay. And when I offer myself this comfort, I am able to be calm and to soothe myself. I tap into the wise, compassionate part of myself and offer myself the love that I need in the moment. And that calms my anxiety. I trust in the wise and compassionate part of myself. And I don't judge myself for the fear, the anxiety. I say it's okay. I say I understand. And there's no reason to fear. And we're okay now. And we're safe. And this form of self-compassion allows me to remember that I am worthy, even when I feel scared. It comforts the little one in me who's freaking out and says, we're okay, baby girl. And so I I encourage you to think about what this could look like for you. How could you tune into the underlying fear when you feel anxious? How can you offer yourself, maybe a little one in you, some love and comfort when it arises? You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to know the exact reason why you're scared. You just need to pause And consider if there is a real reason you're scared, if there is some real pressure you've been putting on this presentation or this interview or whatever it is. And can you offer yourself some love and some comfort? Can you tap into the wise and compassionate part of you to soothe your anxiety and remind yourself that you are worthy no matter what happens? that you can trust yourself, no matter what happens. This is an ongoing practice. I encourage you to return to it often. And I know that if you do, it will help you move closer to connecting to your unconditional self-worth. Thanks so much for listening this week. And stay tuned the next episode where I'm going to talk about how self-forgiveness helped me to move forward and move past overwhelming shame from a mistake I made. Until next time, stay connecting to your unconditional self-worth. Thanks for joining me this week on the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. Make sure to visit my website, dradiagoodin.com, and subscribe to the show on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Adia Gooden. If you love the show, please leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Lastly, if you found this episode helpful and know someone who might benefit from hearing it, please share it. Thanks for listening and see you next episode. This episode was produced by Chris and Tiana, and the music is by Wadaboy.